All right, Chabosai, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, let us begin. Sorry, microphone over here. Let us begin by thanking our sponsors. First of all, to thank Rabbi Huda again for dedicating the seam this morning. Beautiful breakfast. A very special thank you. Make sure to give a very special thank you to Saeed. Himamish is a, a one man show. Is this on? Okay. He's, uh, he's a one man show with this, and he's making sure that uh, we are well fed and well taken care of and that the Gashmios is here to support the Ruchnius. So please make sure to thank him, give him a shkayach. He really does this out of the goodness of his heart. We also thank our sponsor, our Tamatora sponsors, for the month of Shvat. To thank Mrs. Brachas Trimmer for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of her husband, Avram ben Kalman Eliezer Halevi. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora. The Nisham will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. We also thank Avi Tobias for dedicating all the Shuman Drashos this month in appreciation for the Daf, the entire Chevra, the beauty of the Ribbono Shalolam's incredible Torah. And I will say, of course, we also dedicate our learning this morning as a profound Hakkara Satov to the Ribbono Shalolam that the hostage situation in Texas was resolved, Baruch Hashem, with everyone being freed, fully safe and intact and secure. Hodul Hashem Kitov Ki Liolam Chasdo. It's hard to imagine that... Things like this happen just a few states away. I think, you know what, Sammy, can I trouble you? Can you just adjust the, the volume? I think it's a volume issue that we're having. Thank you. It can't be me. It must be the system. Yeah, I just, okay, good. It's, uh, thank you. I think maybe I touched the volume when I tried to turn it on. Testing? Test. Ah, okay, there we go. Thank you. All right, we'll say so again. We thank the Ribbon Shalom for the big miracles that he does that we see, and we thank him for the small mir- smaller miracles that the Ribbon Shalom performs for us each and every day that too often go unnoticed. So we'll say with that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf dalid. We are picking up Emir Hashem on Gimel Ahmed Beis. A thank you to Rabbi Akiva for giving shir yesterday. And we are picking up Rabbi Osai. Let us pick up Vahani Hilchasaninu. Four lines up from the bottom. So Moses, remember again, the Gemara was talking about the interesting case or the interesting halacha regarding the fact that 30 days prior to, prior to Shemitah, the beginning of the calendrical Shemitah year, one already has to abstain from certain farming practices. So the Gemara wanted to highlight that this idea was a halacha l'moshe misinai, senaitic law. So the Gemara says, really? Is it, a, is it really halacha l'moshe misinai? It's derived from a pasuk. After all, the Gemara says this is The Torah says that you shall go ahead and abstain from Kharish, which ultimately means plowing, and Katsir, harvesting or reaping. So the Gemara says, You don't have to say that it's referring to the plowing and the harvesting of Shemitah. The Karmachalo Sizmor. Because we'll say the Pasik already says explicitly by Shemitah that what? That you're not supposed to sow your field and you are not supposed to go ahead and harvest harvest your vineyard. Rather, Rabbi Akiva says the Pasuk, which otherwise would be extraneous, must be coming to teach us the following halacha. When the Torah says, which I both say, although technically speaking, the Pasuk is referring to Shabbos, the Pasuk is referring to Shabbos, here, we are applying it to Shemitah. So Rabbi Akiva says, if it's not necessary to teach me the Iker Halachas of Shemitah, it must be coming to teach me something different. It must be coming to teach me, chari, excuse me, Charish, 
Shall Erev Shviyas, top of Dalit, Shenich Nas Lishviyas, it must be coming to teach me that certain plowing, certain plowing that is done on Erev Shemitah, going into the Shemitah year, and Katsu Shal Shviyas, Shiyatz Lamatse Shviyas, and for that matter, things that you harvest on the Shemitah year going into the eighth year, retain their Kedusha. So we'll say, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Shenich Nas Lishviyas. Akiva understands that this extra phrase is coming to teach me that there are certain agricultural activities which are going to be prohibited on Erev Shemitah going into Shemitah. Now, why, Bosei, why would you go ahead and prohibit certain activities Erev Shemitah going into Shemitah? Because Halacha the real impact of those agricultural activities will be for a benefit on the Shemitah year itself. Therefore, the Torah prohibits it. The same way that produce that is harvested during the Shemitah year, or produce that grows during the Shemitah year for that matter, will have Shemitah sanctity even if it's not actually harvested until year number eight. Good. So we'll say, that's Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says, no, ma'charish rishos, avkatir rishos. Rabbi Shmuel says that just like in the Pasuk, charish, things that you are harvesting, we're talking about non-mitzvah, or excuse me, plowing. Just like plowing is our rishos. In other words, there's no mitzvah associated with plowing. Avkatir rishos. So to again, the type of things for which you are liable. Sorry. Sorry. So the Rabbi Shmuel says like this, Ma charish just like ultimately again, charish, charisha, which is hoeing. There is no plowing. There is no mitzvah associated with that. We'll see what that means in just a moment. So too, afkatsirishos, so to what type of harvesting is prohibited? The type of harvesting that's prohibited is non-mitzvah harvesting. What does that come to exclude? Yatsa ketzir ha'omer shehi mitzvah. This comes to exclude the harvesting of the body for karbana omer, which is of mitzvah importance. I will say, now let's look at Rashi for just a moment to make sense of this. Rashi says, ketzir ha'omer luktor b'shabbos. I will say, now I want to show you what's happening over here. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yishmael are really fundamentally arguing, not just on the drasha of the Pasik, but what the Pasik is referring to. You see, Rabbi Akiva is using this Pasik, Bacharish Shabbat Tishbos, to teach me about Shemitah. Specifically, what he's using it to teach me is that Allah Lamaisa, the prohibition to farm the land, begins before Shemitah, i.e., 30 days. And ultimately, again, the sanctity of Shemitah produce extends to things that won't even be harvested until year number eight. Rabbi Shmuel is saying, no, the Pasuk is talking about Shabbos. It's Shabbos, which, by the way, is the context of the Pasuk. Rabbi Shmuel is saying, it's talking, about, it's talking about prohibitions of Shabbos. What is it talking about? It's actually here to tell you that the only type of hoeing or, or plowing and harvesting that's prohibited on Shabbos are things that are not related to mitzvahs. Now, Bosai, you never have a situation of plowing that is a mitzvah. But you do have a case of harvesting, which is a mitzvah, which is when? Which is when? Karbana Omer. Dalach is on the second day of Pesach. You have to go ahead, second night of Pesach. We go ahead and we cut down barley. You offer that up as the Karbana Omer. Karbana Omer is incredibly important because it allows for the consumption of Kadosh. 
allows for the consumption of new produce. Any produce that grew between the last Pesach and this Pesach, you need carbon omer to permit that. Rabbi Shmuel says the Pesach comes to teach you that the harvesting of the carbon omer is permitted even on Shabbos. Even on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, So therefore, this was a long way of going ahead and asking a fundamental question, which is, the Gemara yesterday's Dav wanted to show that the halacha, that you can't farm your field 30 days before Shemitah, was a halacha l'moshe misinai. Here the Gemara is showing that, well, it's not a halacha l'moshe misinai. What is it? What is it? It's a Pasuk. It's a Pasuk. So what's going on over here? Ki gemiri hilchasa. Bosa, I just want to tell you the beauty, the beauty of learning these gemaras. Although I know, I've heard from a couple of you that you're having a little bit of a hard transition from the days of Tainus and Megillah into the days of Moed Kavan, right? We're back into sugyas and gemaras. Rabosa, but just understand, we're to learn, we're to learn a gemara about Shemitah in Eretz Yisrael during a Shemitah year. So what we want more than anything is to be in Eretz Yisrael. That's really what we want to ultimately be, truly be observing Shemitah. But the next best thing to being in Eretz Yisrael is learning Torah's Eretz Yisrael. So what is chus for these couple of moments that we're together, we're learning these sugyas, we're actually in Eretz Yisrael. We're, we're actually experiencing the Shemitah, we're actually experiencing Kiddush Arts. So it might be a little bit technical, but our Neshamas are so grateful for the opportunity to be transported to Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara goes weiter. So how do you answer this? Listen to this. Interesting. says, is there to teach us something different. It's there. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Remember again, we saw, there's another interesting halacha, which is, if you have 10 saplings, remember we saw this in yesterday's daf. We've actually seen this a number of times throughout our journeys through Shas. This idea that 10 saplings in an area of a base sa'ah. So the Gemara says, if you don't take care of that ratio to ground, tree to ground ratio, ultimately everything will die. It represents a davar ha'avit, something which will be lost. So the Rav Nachar Yitzchak says like this, Moshe Misinai tells you that you're allowed to go ahead and take care of Esri Netiyos up until Rosh Hashanah. See, I remember again, during Shemitah, whether you're going to suffer a loss or not suffer a loss, you can't work the land. There are certain things you could do, which we'll discuss, but Lemaisa, the halacha of Esri Netiyos tells you that you are allowed to take care of those saplings right up until Rosh Hashanah of the Shemitah year. So the Gemara says, so, Kroi Lemaisar Zekeno. The Psukim come to say, the Psukim come to say that Halacha Lemaisa, you are not permitted to go ahead and take care of older trees. What does this mean? So we'll say this is very interesting. For the halacha of 10 saplings in a base sa'ah, which is what we'll call a very sensitive or precarious agricultural setup, where if you don't take care of those saplings, they will die. You are allowed to work that land up until Rosh Hashanah of Shemitah. But if you have older, more established trees, then the prohibition to work the land begins... 30 days before Rosh Hashanah of the Shemitah year. And we're using, so I will say, so the Halacha Moshe Misinai teaches me the laws of the 10 saplings. And ultimately, again, the Psukim come to answer any other case and tell you that you have to stop working the land 30 days before the Shemitah year. So as such, 
We use both the Psukim as well as the Halacha Lamoshim Misina. Beautiful. So that says the Gemara El Hilchas of the Rabbi Yishmael. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, the Mishri Yalda cry the Messiah Zekena. The Kevon the Hilchasa, the Mishri Yalda, Lav Memela Zekena Asira. So it says the Gemara, but I don't understand. If you're using Psukim to teach me, I'm sorry, if you're using Allah Halamoshim Misina to teach me that you're allowed to take care of the 10 saplings, what we call the Yalda, the 10 young saplings, up until Rosh Hashanah, that you're allowed to work that land right up until Rosh Hashanah. Lav mamela zikina asira. Sira said, if you need a halacha l'moshim Sinai to teach you, that you can go ahead and work the land of the saplings up until Rosh Hashanah, can't we just automatically infer from that that the prohibition upon everything else begins 30 days earlier? Rather, you have to say that in fact you're right. It's, we'll say, it's that according to Rabbi Yishmael, Ultimately, he learns out the din of the, the din of the prohibition of farming beginning 30 days before the Shemitah year. He learns out from Allah Sinai, and Rabbi Akiva is going to learn it out from Psukim. So therefore, I will say, interestingly enough, everyone is going to subscribe to the same Allah, namely, that in almost all situations, the prohibition on farming prior to Shemitah, or I should say, the prohibition of farming on Shemitah, actually begins 30 days before Shemitah. There are certain exceptions at all, but that's the general rule. The machlokas is, interesting enough, so there's no machlokas on halacha. What's the machlokas? Where do you learn it out from? Do we learn it out from a halacha l'moshim Sinai, or do we learn it out from psukim? Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Gamilu Beis Dino Medarai Sabbat Leluhu, my time. So I want to say, so one second. Now let's go back for just a moment. Look at Rashi. Midorai Sabbat, Lukilomar, Ashkechusmach, Minator, Lachi, Batalochasa. And I was saying, I remember again, we saw earlier that in fact, in earlier iterations of the Shemitah law, they were in fact prohibiting farming from Shemitah even earlier, right? Even earlier, back to Pesach in year number six, back to Shavuos in year number six. Rabbi Gamliel and his Beisdin were mevatal this. So says the Gemara, my taima, my taima, Gomer Shabbos, 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 Gomer Shabbos, Shabbos, Mishabbos, Bereshis. They made a Gzera Shavu of Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos by Shemitah from Shabbos, Bereshis. How so? Listen to this. This is fascinating. Shabbos say, ultimately again. So when it comes to regular Shabbos, right? When it comes to regular Shabbos, he asura. Shabbos itself is Asura by Malacha. Lefaneha, Ula Achareha Mutarin. They both say, again, regular Shabbos, regular weekday Shabbos, or weekday Shabbos, right? Weekly Shabbos. So you can't do malacha on Shabbos. Can you do malacha before Shabbos? Yes. yes. Can you do malacha after Shabbos? Yes. So to Afkan, so to by Shemitah, Avhi Asura, Shemitah is Asur. Lefaneha, Ula Achareha, Mutarin. But before Shemitah and after Shemitah ultimately are Mutar. They both say, so that was Rabbi Gamliel's based in logic. For being mavatal, these additional shemitah prohibitions. So it says the Yeramaskev Ravashi man da amar hilchasa. So I don't understand. We'll say if you understand that the concept, that the concept of adding time before shemitah to the prohibition of shemitah, whether it's thirty days or like we saw in other iterations back to Pesach or, or, or Shavuos, if you hold that that is a halacha la Moshe Sinai, so the Gemara says man da amar hilchasa asya gzera shava. Akra Hilchasa, Umanda Amakra, Asya Gzir Shava Akraka. Both say, what did we just get finished saying? We just got finished saying that both that Rabbi Akiv and Rabbi Shmuel both agree that what? This is very exciting. Both agree that what? That Allah the prohibition to farm land, 
30 days before the start of calendrical Shemitah is Aser what? Midoraisa. What was the Machlal guess? What was the Machlal guess? Where do you get it from? Says it a Pasik, it is a Halachal Moshe Misiyam, but every, either way, everyone's agreeing. So I'll say, everyone is agreeing, how could Rabbi Gamil and his Beisdin come along and say and essentially uproot the Isser? And how are they uprooting the Isser? How are they uprooting an Isser? With Xer Shava. Whoever heard of such a thing like this? Whoever heard of such a thing like this? You have a Halachal Moshe Misiyam, or you have an Isser Da'araisa, and you're bringing a Xer Shava of Shabbos Shabbos and uprooting biblical law? Where, where do you get that from? We, we don't do that. So we'll say, watch this. Ella, this is incredible. Ella, I'm Ravashi. Rabbi Gamilu based Dino. Savalek Rabbi Shmuel. Dama Hilcha Sagimirila. So we'll say, watch this. Really, Rabbi Gamil and his base Din hold like Rabbi Shmuel hold that the prohibition to farm 30 days before Shemitah is really Allah Halamoshimi Sinai. Watch this. Vichi Gimiri Hilcha Sa Bizman Shebes Hamikdash Kayum. Dumya Deniso Hamayim. Wow. Wow. We'll say, here we go. That even if you hold that there is a halacha l'moshim yisinai, the halacha l'moshim yisinai only applies when? Only applies when? When the base hamikdash stands. But when the base hamikdash is no longer standing, the halacha l'moshim yisinai no longer applies. Now, shemitah could still apply. And even biblical shemitah could still apply. But biblical shemitah by itself without the Moshim Sinai only says that's what's Asr, what's Asr? First of Tishrei, right? Rosh Hashanah of Shemitah till the end of Elul. That's Shemitah. The Halachal Moshim Sinai came along and added 30 days before that. But when is the Halachal Moshim Sinai intact? Only when the base Hamikdash stands. I will say, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Ki Gemiri Hilchasa, almost right across in Rashi. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So therefore, again, I will say, what comes out, it sounds like from the end of the sugya is, everyone is going to agree that Allah Allah biblical Shemitah by itself, begins at Rosh Hashanah. There's either a Halach Moshe Misinai or, or a Pasuk, or Sakra, that teaches us that we extend the prohibition to when? To 30 days before. Now, I will say, now here is the problem. We know, what else do we know? We know that Rabbi Gamil and his Beisdin came along and essentially suspended the additional 30 days prior to calendrical Shemitah. Now, I will say, now just understand, that only works according to the opinion that says the 30 days are what? Are halacha l'moshe misinai. Because I will say, the 30 days are a pasuk, you, 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 can't, you can't uproot that. The Apasek is Apasek and, and it applies at all times. But apparently Rabbi Gamliel and his basin felt that the extra 30 days was a Halacha Lamosh Misinai. And they also felt that kind of built in to the Halacha Lamosh Misinai is that it only applies when the Beis Hamikdash stands. But if the Beis Hamikdash is not standing, then unfortunately, then Shemitah is only based on a calendrical year with no Tosafis. Incredible. Incredible. So I will say that back to the Mishnah. So I will say back to the Mishnah. Back to the Mishnah. Mishnah. Incredible Gemara. Back to Mishnah. So remember again, the Mishnah was talking about what kind of field you're allowed to water on Chalamayid. What kind of field? What kind of field? Good. We call that Beis Hashalchin. Right? Beis Hashalchin. Right? So let's say you, so you can only water an irrigated field on Chalamayid. But remember again, what, now let's, let's review. Why are you allowed to water an irrigated field? The Beis Hashalchin on Chalamayid. Why? Right? Hefzin. Right, because it's going to be a loss. But however, even in the realm of loss, you're precluded from what? Tircha Yisera. 
too much effort. So amongst, so along the examples of Tircha Yesera, the Gemara said, You can't water a base Hashalchin from rainwater. We're not exactly sure what that means. We'll see what that means. And mea kilo. Mea kilo means from a well. From a well. So it says the Gemara, Bishlam mea kilo and ika Tircha Yesera. And I will say, I totally get it. I understand why you can't irrigate, a, 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 why you can't water a base Hashalchin from a well. I will say, why? What's going to happen if you start watering a field from a well? Right? The whole day, what are you going to be doing? Sure. Drawing water, right? In order that, that, that's crazy. That's an incredible amount of effort. I understand that. But I don't understand. What does it mean? Rainwater? I don't know. Rainwater sounds like it kind of happens by itself. So what exactly is the problem with rainwater? To which the Gemara is supposed to listen to this. When we speak about rainwater, what are we talking about? We're talking about a pool of rainwater, a pool of rainwater. So the first opinion says, you know why you can't use a pool of rainwater? Because we're concerned that if we let you use a pool of rainwater, what's going to happen? You're going to end up what? Using a well. Because they're both kind of the same thing. They're both a collection of water. So if we allow you to water the field through collected rainwater, you're going to come to go ahead and use the well. Ravashi Yom Ravashi says, no, So listen to this. Ravashi says, no, the concern is that rainwater will become like a well. Okay, now what does that mean? Look at Rashi. It's actually fascinating. It's fascinating.ちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょっとちょ
One of the opinions would reject this. Okay, that's enough, Camino. So Gufa Amra Dizera Amra Bar Yemi Amr Shmuel, both a second wide line. Narrows Hamoshkin Maimina Gamim Mutra Lahashkos Mehen Bakolo Shamoy. So let's listen to this. So we said we just same Allah we just said before. So you have rivers, again streams is a better term. You have streams that are pulling water, they're being fed from larger ponds. So the halacha is that you're permitted to go ahead and water a field with, and obviously what kind of field, an irrigated field, right? An chalamayid. Says to Rabbi Rabbi but how can you do this? We'll say, isn't this the same case as collected rainwater and as a well? In other words, we'll say, it would seem that based on the Mishnah, based on the Mishnah, you're not allowed to use a pooled water source on Chalamaid. Right? That seems to be the issue. Either again because it'll lead you to use a well, or ultimately again because it may dry up or drop below a certain level. And either way, there's a tircha. So how are you allowed to use these streams that are fed by a standing water source? To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. I'm going to say, the ponds of Bavel, the ponds of Bavel, they are like sources of water that do not dry up. In other words, I'll say, apparently, remember in general, Bavel, Bavel never had a problem with rain. Right? Bavel was very well saturated. So apparently, these ponds, these ponds, are considered to be like an inexhaustible water source, and therefore there's no concern that using them may lead you to come to a well-like situation. Beautiful. Both say a couple of more halachas regarding water sources. First of all, say also the notebooks for, for Moid Cotton are here. I see, yeah, you're just taking notes. Beautiful, right? So the notebooks for Moid Cotton are here also. Please take advantage of them. So, Tan Rabbanon, Hapsikos Vahabrechos and Ismailman Berdiyamtis. So, listen to this. So, Psikos and Brechos. What are Psikos and Brechos? Rashi says over here, Chadamilsi is the same thing. These are pools. Right, pools that are used to collect water. So let's say again, these pools filled with water on Erev Yamtiv. You are not permitted to go ahead and use them to water a field. But ultimately, again, if there is a stream or a cha- I should say a channel of water that goes between them, ultimately, again, you are permitted. But say, take a look at Rashi. What's going on over here? Look at Rashi. So we say, interestingly enough, the halach is like this. If you have pools of water that were filled with water in Erev Yamtiv, now normally we would say you're not allowed to use that. Why? Because there's a general prohibition of using a standing, static body of water out of a concern that either it'll turn into a well situation or it'll lead you to draw water from a well. What the Yimar is adding in over here is as follows. If you have a channel of water that kind of runs between that, so there's another water source that runs between those pools, you can go ahead and use the water from the pools. Why? Because what's the worst case scenario? If the pools dry up or the pools drop below a certain level, you still have the channel that is bringing water from elsewhere and therefore it's permitted. Beautiful. That's provided that the majority of the field is watered from the water that comes from the channel and not from the standing pools. Good. 
So Ravashi comes along and says, no, even if the majority of the field is not watered by the channel, it still is okay. Why? Because what's the worst case scenario? Even if the standing pools dry up and the field doesn't get water for one day, the owner says it's okay. The field doesn't have to get watered every single day. So even if it doesn't get watered on one day, because let's say the pools dried up, ultimately the channel will bring water from elsewhere and it'll get water on days two and three. Beautiful. She was another interesting case. So let's say you have a pool. Brecha is a pool. That ultimately goes ahead and draws water or supports, provides water to one irrigated field. You're allowed to take water from a pool that sustains one base hashalchin and channel it into a second base hashalchin. Okay, so what's what's going on over here? So we'll say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi's to- right, right in the last two short lines. Here's the case. Here's the case. You have two irrigated fields, but one of them is higher than the other. So what you can do is you could channel water from the upper field to go into the lower field. That's the case over here. The case here is Tara Bana Brecha Shinotefes Maimi Sadabesa Shalkin Zu Mutula Hashkosi and a Sadabesa Shalkin Acheres. Sa'i the Gimar Sabo one second. Va Vida de Pasco. But one second, aren't we concerned about say we seem to be going back and forth because aren't we concerned in general about using any standing pool of water that it may what? That it may dry up. On Rabbi Yermia Vadain Himitafes. What's the case? Look at Rashi. We'll say fourth wide line. We're talking about a situation where there's an, we see that there's enough water in the pool. It's dripping down into the lower field. It's not going to dry up. That is true as long as the initial spring, which is feeding the pool, has not dried up. Look at Rashi. As long as the water source has not dried up, you could continue to go ahead and divert water into the lower field. Good. Tanya, I'm going to show you another interesting case. Shtea rugos, zu lamalamizu. I will say, now in this case, let's say you have, aruga is just a, a bed, right? Or literally a row. So imagine you have a row of produce, right? One row on top of another row. Lo yidla mina You should not take water from the lower row and use it to go ahead and sustain the upper row. So I will say, so I just want to point out, just want to point out, so you see, it's interesting how you see like the evolution of halacha in this. The way this halacha started, before we get to this, the way this halacha started is, Pretty much, what's the halacha with standing bodies of water? Brechos, what's the halacha? Megishamim, what's the halacha? Can't use it. Can't use it, right? That, that's the way the Mishnah kind of started, right? Because remember again, the Mishnah said, even by an irrigated field, you can't water it with well water and you can't water it with rain water. Any standing body of water. Why? What's the concern? So again, well water, what's the concern? Tircha Yisera. Tircha Yisera. Standing pools of water, what's the concern? 
right? Essentially, it'll become like a well. It'll become like a well, right? Either, again, you'll come to use the well, or it's going to turn into a well when the water level dips below a certain level. You're going to have to start bucketing out water. What you do begin to see, Rabbi say is that halacha is then modified. How is it modified? In cases where we're confident that the pool is not going to dry up, we let you use it. Examples of that, Rabbi say are bavel. <coughs> where apparently certain pools in bavel, it was clear, it was clear that it's not going to dry up. Or again, this case that we just had before, the upper field and the lower field. So Rabbi you begin to see in situations where we're confident that there is ample water supply, you can use standing bodies of water to irrigate, to irrigate or to water an irrigated field on Chalamai. So just an interesting Sabosei case. And now, now another halacha. Watch this case. This is great. Let's say, let's say again, one farm, right? Well, I, I, I have two, two, we'll call it two rows, right? Two rows of produce. One is higher, one is lower. What's halacha? You can't take from the lower one in order to go ahead and water the upper one. Now, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Exactly the last line. Right? So you can't take water. So just imagine this case. Right? Just based on the laws of gravity. Right? Where is water going to pool? Where is water going to pool? Right? By the lower bed. I can't take water from the lower bed to go ahead and water the upper bed, the higher bed. Why not? Rashi's very simple. Why not? Bose, why not? Tircha. Tircha. Remember again, Bose saying, although on Chalamai, Chalamai, you are allowed to do work in order to stave off Hefzim Ruba's significant loss, you cannot do it if it's significant Tircha. So again, Bose saying, one of the difficult things we have to figure out is how do you define what's significant? Remember, the Lashon of the Gemara Bose is not Tircha, it's ultimately, again, Tircha Yisera, right? Because in all work, there's an element of Tircha, there's an element of effort, right? What's Asran Chalamayim is Tircha Yisera. So the Gemara says the act of taking water from the lower bed to the upper bed, that's ultimately Tircha Yisera. So the Gemara says, Lo listen to this, Aruga Achos, Furthermore, again, Rabbi Shimon says, That's what? Even if one bed, right? One row of produce. But let's say the produce is planted on a slant. So you have part of the row that is higher and part of the row that is lower. You can't take water from the lower part of the row ultimately to the higher part of the row. Rabbi say, You might have thought that this halacha only applies to two independent rows. But one row is one row. Halacha Lamai said, no, even in one row, you can't take part from an upper, from the lower part, from the lower part of the row, in the same row, and go ahead and water the upper part of the row. So the Gemara says, incredible. So the Gemara says, We'll say, just by the way, I'll point out of there's a beautiful, beautiful metaphor in all of this, you know, we'll say, Mayim, see in all of these cases, right, the water is pooling, the water is pooling on the bottom, right, because that's the way water works. So we'll say, you know, water also represents Torah, also represents Torah. So the Vashem Tavach says that water always gravitates, right, quite literally to the lowest point. If a person wants to be Kona Torah, person wants to acquire Torah, wants to acquire the, the beautiful thirst-quenching waters of Torah, person has to humble themselves. Water always travels to the lowest point. Person wants Torah, humility, which I will say makes sense. 
Because without humility, without humility, see, if a person doesn't have humility, a person is arrogant, arrogant people know everything. They have nothing to learn. There's no place to grow. I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm doing exactly what I need to do. There's nothing more for me to accomplish. It's only with humility. And I will say sometimes, see, when we think about, just very quickly, when we think about humility, we often have a little bit of a warped sense of humility. We often think that humility means I'm nothing. I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. When a person thinks that they're nothing, I will say, that's not humility. That's a lack of sense of self. That's an Avera to think you're a nothing. Rabbi Nachman says the worst Avera is to think you're a nothing. Because when a person thinks that they're a nothing, then they leave the door open to doing anything. If I think I'm a nothing, then I might as well do anything. Humility doesn't mean thinking I'm a nothing. Humility means I know what I am, Baruch Hashem. And I do a lot of good things and I have a lot of good. But I also know that I could be doing so much more. I also know that I, I, as great as I am, as, wonder, as happy as I am with my accomplishments, for every one thing I have accomplished, there's 10 more things I can be doing. For every good meat that I have, there's another five I could acquire. For every mesecht I finished, there's three more that I could be doing. For every tzedakah that I've given, there's so much more than every chesed. That's what humility means. I recognize the good, but I also take the good as a mechaia for all the, more, all, all, all the greater things that I could be accomplishing in life. And here the Gemara tells us, Water always flows to the lowest place. Torah always flows to the lowest place. Torah, accomplishment, greatness in Torah comes to those who are able to inculcate within themselves the great midah of humility. Incredible. Another interesting case. Jose, it's also fascinating. You know, we learn these sugyas, we learn these sugyas, and for us, they're like, okay, that's interesting, but I don't really know like, what to do with it. You know, let's say, once upon a time, and still, and still in agricultural societies, you know, these halachas, like, this is the bread and butter of living. This is, so listen to this case. Madlin li yurakos kadela ochlan. So we'll say, we're, we're not exactly sure what this means yet. Rashi says, what it sounds like is that halacha la you could draw water in order to water vegetables. In order to water vegetables, so that you should have them to eat on yomtiv. Madlin li yurakos kadela ochlan. But if it's to go ahead and beautify the vegetables, you can't draw the water. Okay. Ravina v'raba tosva. So we'll listen to this. So Ravina and Rabbo were walking. They saw a man who was drawing water. Rashi says, last Rashi in the daf, David Dala Davla, Dola Delios Mainly Yurakos. So we'll say, listen to this. So they saw a man who was drawing buckets of water to apparently water his vegetables. Let's put this guy in Khairim. Right? After all, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's drawing water. You're not allowed to draw water with a bucket on Chalamai. That's Tircha Yisera. So, Amrlei, Vatanya, Madlin, Lirakos, Kedela, Ochlan. I, but he said to him, but one second, didn't we just learn that? We learned that the halacha is that you could draw water in a bucket in order to go ahead and put water on vegetables in order to eat them. Amrlei, Mi Savris, my Madlin, Madlin, Maya. No, no, no. You think Madlin. Means drawing water. Madlin doesn't mean drawing water. What does Madlin mean? My Madlin, about say Amadeis. My Madlin, Madlin Shalufe. What it means, about say, is you could pull out vegetables. You, madlin means you could pull vegetables out of the ground. Now, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here something amazing. Shalufe, Kishayirakos Ritzufen. When vegetables are growing very closely together in the ground. No tell mehen mi bene sayu. Listen to this. 
if you have if you have vegetables that are growing in very close proximity to each other. So sometimes what has to happen is you have to pull out some of them in order to allow the rest to grow well. So you're allowed to do that as long as you're going to eat whatever it is that you're pulling out. So in other words, I, I, could, I could sort of say kill two birds with one stone, right? I could go ahead and pull out the carrot. I'm going to eat the carrot and I'm also benefiting. I'm also benefiting the stuff that's growing. That's okay as long as I'm going to eat the carrots. If the only reason I'm pulling out the carrots is why? To enable the stuff that's growing to go ahead and grow better, the Rabbi said, that's harvacha, that's profit. That's profit. You're not allowed to do that on a chalabayit, right? You could do malacha for the sake of ochal. Remember, again, Rabbi said, this isn't even a case of hefsin. This is a case of I'm eating the carrots. So I'm allowed to do malacha on chalabayit, do malacha on yomtiv for the sake of ochal nefesh, right? I'm not allowed to pull carrots out of the ground on yomtiv, but on chalabayit, I would be permitted to go ahead and do that as long as, as long as, again, I'm going to eat the carrots. Even though the side benefit of my pulling the carrots out of the ground is I'm benefiting the stuff that's there. So therefore, again, he said to him, when the Mishnah said before, Madlin is Hayerakos, we thought Madlin meant you could draw buckets of water to water vegetables on Chalamai. Kamash, that's not what it means. It's not what it means. Madlin means you could pull carrots out of the ground. If you get, I'm using carrots as an example, pull vegetables out of the ground if you're going to eat the vegetables, even though the side benefit is to the vegetation that remains in the ground that it could grow better now that it has a bit more space. Kid, it's not as we learned. Well, it's a fascinating case. <clears throat> as we learned, Hamedal begifanim kishim shu medal b'shalo kachu medal b'shalanim. Listen to this. So medal begifanim is the same case. This is where you have vines, and let's say you have too many vines growing in two clubs of a proximity to each other. So let's say, so what's the halacha? This is fascinating. So hamedal begifanim when you're pulling out vines in order to allow more vines to grow. Kishim shu medal b'shalo the same way that you could go and remove vines by your own vines. You could do the same thing, Rabbi say, let's say, let's say I have part of my vineyard that's peah. So Rabbi say, that doesn't belong to me, right? Peah is the corner you leave for the poor. So let's say, again, I have a corner of my vineyard that's peah. So the shayla is, am I allowed to pull out vines from that corner? Now, why am I pulling out vines? Why am I doing it? I'm doing it to enable the rest of the vines to grow better. But technically speaking, that's not my corner of the field, right? But that belongs to the enemy. Rabbi Huda says, the same way that you can pull out vines on your field, you can pull out vines for the Aniyim as well. Rabbi Meir Omer B'Shalo, Rasha Yivain Rasha B'Shalanim. Rabbi Meir says, no, only thing you're allowed to do say is you can work your own field. The Peah field, leave it alone. Leave it alone. What's going to happen will happen, but leave it alone. And I will say, so again, we're not getting into the Machlokis, but the point over here is you see the Lashon of Meidol, I will say, Meidol, even though it's the same Lashon of Dola, to draw water, but Meidol means what? to pull out vegetation, or to pull out something that is growing from the ground. Incredible. Amr leva tanya, madlin maimli, rakos kedela ochlan. Shabbosi, but he said back to him, but one second, there's a braisa, and the braisa says, you're allowed to draw water. You're allowed to draw water in order to go ahead and water the vegetables. Amr itanya tanya. Here's son, look, if that's what it says, that's what it says. Right, Shabbosi, so again, what he said to him, look, that's not the Mesora I have. But if you have a brysa that actually reads that way, then ultimately, again, I stand corrected. So I will say, 
So again, it sounds like over here that that some level. Well, we'll, well actually, we'll see what the halacha lamaisa is with this. We'll come and come back to vegetables in just a moment. But understand, we're leaving off with two versions of the vegetable discussion. Version one has you can't draw water for the vegetables in the same way you can't draw water in general, right? But rather, what can you do? What does madlin mean? Madlin means ultimately you could pull out vegetables, even as long as I'm going to eat the vegetables that I am pulling out of the ground. As long as, even though the side benefit is going to be, I'm benefiting the vegetables that are still growing in the earth. Possibility number two is that no, I can actually draw water in order to water vegetables on Chalamayr. Again, that's the Machlokis. Hold on to that. We'll see resolution in that in tomorrow's Dafimir Tzashem. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, and you'll see why I'm leaving vegetables on the side for just a moment. Vein osin ugios legifanim. Also, the Mishnah said, you can't make ugios. For the vines, my ugios. What are ugios? Says the Gemara. Am Rabbi Yehuda Banchi. Ugios are Banchi. Rashi says Boros Tachas Hagifanim Vezeisivin Osim Bahen Mayim. So we'll say. So ugios are like furrows around the vine. So we'll say if you could imagine, you make a circle, a furrow around the vine, and the goal is you fill up that furrow with water. Water, so it's called ugios ag uga. Uga is a circle, right? Ag uga, right? Choni made a circle. So there's a circle around the vine that ultimately you would fill up with water. Tana miyachi eloin ugios bedidin shebe ikre zesim ubeshe ikre gefanim. These are the bedidin, which once again same lashon bedidin. These are the circles that one makes around olives, olive trees, or that one makes around grapevines. The Gemara says, Ini, Baharav Yehuda Shara Libnei Bartzisai, Lemei Avid Banchi Lekarmehen. But one second, Rabbi Yehuda did allow the people of, right, the people of Bartzisai to make these furrows around their, around their vines, and right around their vines or around their olive trees. So, but the Mishnah said, it's Asr Lokashya Habecharati Habaatiki. Arba said, listen to this, it depends, it depends. When Rabbi Huda allowed it, these were brand new plants, brand new vines. And if you did not go ahead and make the furrows and allow the water to pool there, what would happen? What would happen? They would die. They would die. So because they would die, ultimately that represents a hefzid merubah, and that's why it's going to be mutter. But Allah says, in any other case, it will remain asr. Will remain asr. Beautiful. Look at Rashi. Ha-bechariti. Shemei olam lo hayusham ugios asr lasos v'chalav shamoid. If they were never ugios there beforehand, you can't make you can't make them on chalamayid. Tikatir chayisera. Avalatiki shekvar hayulah sham ugios. I'm sorry. I, I, I said it wrong. I said just the opposite. Excuse me. I said, when is it asr? Excuse me. When is it asr? It's asr bechariti. When the ugios were never there, you can't make them for the first time around the vine. But if said they were there, but rather some earth just fill in, fell into it, you're allowed to clear it out on Chalamayit. Excuse me, I'm sorry. The Isra of the Mishnah is you can't make, brand, can't make a brand new batch of ugiot, right? You cannot make a brand new batch, right, of going ahead and making the furrows around. But if they were already there, atiki, but some earth fell into it, you can dig it back out on Chalamayit. Incredible. Rabbi Ozban Azari said you can't make a channel. Can't make a channel on Chalamayit. So we'll say, well, he said on Chalamayit and on Shemitah. So we're going to get into a great sogi now. I understand Chalamayit, you can't do it. Why? Because there's Tircha Yisera, right? Making a channel is Tircha. El Shviyas. 
My time, but why can't you make a channel on Shemitah? Says the Gemara, Pligu bar Rabbi Zeva, Rabbi Abba bar Mamo. First, first why not? Number one, Chagamar Meshanira Kaoder once said that it's going to be Aser because it looks like plowing or hoeing. Specifically, the Chagamar Meshan Machshir Agapel Israel. Listen to this. The other opinion says, because I will say, when you dig a channel, watch this, this is fascinating. When you dig a channel, what do you have to do? What do you have to do? Dig, right? What happens when you dig? You take earth from one spot and you put it on the side. So I will say, what are you doing? You see, now the side, the sides of the channel are filled with loose earth. Because they're filled with loose earth, therefore what? That makes it ready for planting. So I will say, so listen to this. So therefore, everyone's agreeing, you can't take a channel on Chalamai because it's Tirch Yisera. You can't do it on Shemitah, why not? One opinion says, because it looks like you're hoeing. The second opinion says, you're mamish readying earth for planting. Because now you have loose earth on the sides of the channel. So my ben, I both say second wide line. I'm down on my base. What's the practical difference between them? Watch this. Here's an It's so exciting. Here's an achkamina. What happens if right after you dig the channel, the water comes in immediately afterwards? Immediately afterwards. So watch this. that the issue with digging the channel is that you ready the sides ultimately for planting. That issue still is there. But if you hold that the issue of making the channels is that it looks like you're plowing, then since the water immediately fills the channel, it doesn't look like plowing. It doesn't look like hoeing. So I say, if the water immediately fills the channel, the issue of looking like I'm plowing does not apply because it's immediately filled with water. The issue of readying the sides for planting still applies because there's a pile of loose earth by the side of the channel. So I understand, even according to the opinion that says that the problem with digging the channels, it looks like you're plowing or hoeing, isn't there, why doesn't he also that there's a problem of what? Readying the sides for planting. In other words, it was at the end of the day that concern should still be there. There's still loose earth by the side of the channel, listen to this, here's the case of Osai. The case that I communicate will be, you dig out the channel, but instead of placing the earth right by the side of the channel, what do you do? What do you do? You throw the earth, right? The Osai, there are different kinds of shovelers, right? Lahavdil, you often see this by Levias, right? By Levias, right? So, right? Some people know how to put earth in a place and some people just, it's everywhere, it's everywhere, right? You know who you are, you know who you are, right? Good. So, we'll say, so, so the Gemara says like this. So the Gemara says, here's the case. The case was where Halacha Lamaisa, he's not planting, he's not placing the earth right by the side of the channel, but rather it's being scattered. It's being scattered. So the Gemara says, According to the opinion, it says that the concern is placing loose, right, Zria. looks like you're getting ready for planting. Well, that's not going to apply. Why not? Why not? Because the loose earth has been scattered. But if you hold that the issue is that it looks like you're 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 plowing, or I should say hoeing, that still that concern still applies. I but one second. But according to the opinion who says that even though there's not a problem ultimately of readying the sides for planting, why does it heal that digging a channel is also a problem? Looks like hoeing. To which the Gemara says, "Oder nami kika shokel because they're both saying with hoeing or with plowing. The ochap of plowing and hoeing is what? You leave the earth where it is. In other words, you don't dis- you, you overturn earth, but you don't scatter earth in a distant place. Since you're scattering the earth in this situation, neither the concern for plowing nor planting applies. Incredible. So the Gemara says, 
So ultimately, again, Amemar said the reason you can't dig a channel on Shemitah is because it looks like you're plowing. It looks like you're plowing, hoeing, right? And therefore, again, he also raises that there's a contradiction of Rabbi and Azariah. How so? Does Rabbi and Azariah say any on Shemitah? Anything that looks like plowing is going to be us. Or minhu. Both say, I'll raise a kasha. Osa adam as zivla otra. Both say, this is a fascinating case. Can you pile manure on your field on Shemitah? Can you pile manure on your field in Shemitah? So the Gemara says, Osa adam as zivla otra. A person could go ahead, so Tanakhama says, a person could go ahead and place manure in their field on Shemitah for storage purposes. Look at Rashi. Osa adam zivla otra. Shemachnes kol zivla b'shviyas besada. So we'll say, so listen to the Tanakhama says, you could pile your manure on your field on Shemitah, and it does not look like you're fertilizing your field. In other words, I just, I just want to store it there. So you're allowed to store it there, and it doesn't look like you're fertilizing. So the Mayor says, it's Aser, Ad Shiyamik Shlosha Tvachim, or Ad Shiyakbiya Gimel Tvachim. The Mayor says, no. In order to do that, you have to what? You have to either dig a hole three Tvachim high, or ultimately, again, make pile. Put it on something that is more than three tefachim. I was Remember again, the idea of Meir says is you have to make a noticeable change that people see. You're only storing the manure there. You're not actually fertilizing the field. See that was just going another minute. See the go ahead and dig down a little bit and place the manure in there, or put something. Put put a, put a platform or something and pile the manure on top of that. But if there was already some manure there before Shemitah, then Allah Chalamaisi could just pile on top of that on Shemitah. Rabbi Loza ben Azariah, Oser ad shiyamik shlosha, o ad shiyabia shlosha, o ad shiyitin ala sela. Rabbi Loza ben Azariah says, Rabbi Loza ben Azariah, what's that? He holds, you cannot pile manure there until either you dig a hole that's three fucking deep, or until you place the menorah on top of something that is three fucking high, or until you put it on a stone. So both say, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? Rabbi Loza ben Azari is saying that in order to place the menorah in your field, what do you have to do, Rabbi What do you have to do? We're going to finish this. What do you have to do? Right? You have to dig. Now both say, we just Rabbi Loza ben Azari, so you're allowed to dig my Shemitah? You're allowed to dig my Shemitah? No. Why not? Because it looks like you're plowing. So what's going on over here? Because Rabbi Loza ben Azari said, you can't dig or you can't dig. To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Loza ben Azari so we'll say, so two different interpretations. One says that halacha l'maisa, kigon shemik rashi says, so Rabbi Elizabeth Atari is talking about a case where what? The hole was already dug. Was already dug. If the hole was already dug, Rabbi Elizabeth Atari allows you to place the additional manure inside of the hole. But he wouldn't allow you to dig the hole. Or the other possibility is that there was already some manure there, and Rabbi Elazar ben Azari describes the opinion that there's already manure there, you could pile additional manure on top of it on Shemitah. So therefore, I will say, what comes out over here, we're going to stop over here for today, but what comes out over here is that Allah Chalamaisa, the issue of going ahead and digging a channel is going to be Asr both on Chalamaid as well as on Shemitah. Chalamaid, we understand. Why is it Asr on Chalamaid? Why Asr on Chalamaid? Right? Too much effort. Why is it Asr on Shemitah? Sihira Bo said, that's a machlokis. Either because ultimately, again, it looks like plowing, right? Nira Ka'oder, which is the opinion of Allah Zabin Azariah. Or ultimately, again, because Allah Chalamaisa looks like Zriya. It looks like planting or ready for planting. And ultimately, we saw the Nafkaminas between those cases. Also, we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up at the two dots tomorrow.
All right, Chevron Zoom, wonderful to see everyone. Have a great day. I have an extra one for you. You don't have to buy it. I, I, have, I actually have a whole bunch of them. <laughs>